Okay, so let's spend some time reflecting on Ephesians. Um, for those who um, kind of missed out uh, the online formats, we've been going through the book of Ephesians for the past uh, few weeks since the beginning of the year. And today, the message, I'm titling it as Steward. I'm not sure exactly what I put it. Can you go to the first slide? Like, I think it's Stewarding the Mystery of the Gospel, something like that. But... Um, yeah, so that's um, stewarding the mystery of the gospel. Uh, in any case, um, Ephesians chapter 3, 1 to 13 has been read out for us by um, stewards of the mystery. Okay, that's what I call it. Um, has been read out to us by Ben and Maddie. And last week, Alex uh, preached from Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 22, the previous text. And in the text, um, Paul writes about how Gentiles are now received into this category of people of God, right? Gentiles are also now the people of God. Previously, the concept of God's people was more to do with ethnic, more cultural, along the lines of nationhood, um, of cultures and traditions. So those who live within the bounds of Jewish culture, in other words, practicing like the rituals of circumcision, celebrating the festivals, observing Sabbath and uh, you know, keeping the food habits, uh, those were, uh, quote-unquote, God's people, Israel. Now, what Paul is saying, even Gentiles, those who are outside of those ethnic categories, with all of the differences, their culture, language, ethnic differences, including us, right, we can be counted as the family of God. And this happens because of Jesus, as we just sung just now, who is the cornerstone. So if you use the metaphor of a house, the people from all nations and all backgrounds, ethnic backgrounds, cultures, we are being built together to make one holy temple of God. And Jesus is the cornerstone. Jesus is the pillar, the main pillar, the main foundation of that. So today's text picks up from that message. And we note, first of all, that in verse 3, uh, Paul uses the, the term, the mystery of the gospel. In NIV, I think it's called God's marvelous plan. With this term, he's referring to the good news that those who were outside of the walls of God's people are now welcome. They are now embraced as part of God's people. The walls are broken down, so to say. Anyone can come in. Anyone can find their place in the house of God. So the mystery of the gospel, to, to, uh, to put it very uh, uh, briefly, is that the riches of God's glory, is of God's grace and blessing, has been poured out to all the peoples. I love the imagery of pouring out, like lavishly poured out to all the people of the world. Even those outside called Gentiles can become co-heirs together with the Jews through Christ. This is the mystery of the gospel. Now, you might, for, if, for people like us who grow accustomed to the grace of God, the gospel, we might find this almost anticlimactic, not, not too dramatic, not, not too much of a big deal. Why is Paul going crazy about this? Why is he so excited about this? And I think it's worth just reflecting very briefly on why this is such a big deal by looking at how it was in the past. So in the, in the previous notions, um, let's just think back on the previous notions of what we call sacred and what is holy. Previously, as we saw in the Old Testament, 
the notion of sacredness, the notion of holiness, was tied to a specific place. It was tied to a specific time. And it was tied to a specific group of people who performed particular sets of rituals, sets of religious practices. If you want to meet with God, so to say, you have to go to Jerusalem. You have to go to the city of God. You have to go to the temple. The temple was the symbol of God's presence. So in order to worship God, you, and in order for your sins to be forgiven, you have to go to the temple. And this is the place where the, God is associated with. You have to observe Sabbath, Sabbath worship once uh, on the seventh day of the week. Um, festivals, where annual festivals, were there for, to be observed. And so only Jews who were culturally um, you know, part of this whole, whole uh, system of rituals, uh, culturally, so to say, descended from Abraham, only these people could claim the sacredness of being God's people. Only these people can claim to be part of God's family. In comparison to these previous notions of holiness, Paul is excited to announce to us, to, to Ephesians and to us the extension, that because of the work of Christ, the sacred and the holy has been unbounded from the space, the time, the peoples that it was initially attached to. It has been freed. It has been poured out freely for all people, unbounded from place, from time, from ethnic or cultural identity. I think there's another text that came to my mind when I was preparing this uh, that communicates this picture, this imagery, and that is the parable of the wedding feast that we find in Matthew chapter 22, verse 1 to 20. I'll not read the Matthew version because there's so many things going on there in that parable about um, Jesus correcting the, the Jews and rejecting Jesus, all that stuff. And instead, I'm going to read this song that's written by one of my favorite bands when I was growing up uh, in the 80s, 90s, Petra. And this song is a song called The Invitation by Petra. And I think this captures what I'm trying to communicate, the, the image that I'm trying to communicate here. The king has planned the supper for the wedding of his son. And he sent out his servants to invite the chosen ones. But they would not receive them, and they all refused to come. So he sent them to the highways, inviting everyone. They came from every direction. They entered into the gates of the one, the one who called them and gave them the right to sit next to his son. Do you see? It's your invitation. Your presence is requested at the marriage of the Lamb. It's your invitation to be the guest of honor at the wedding of the great I Am. They'll come from every nation, tribe, and tongue, all those with ears to hear him knocking. They will be rich and poor alike. They will be old and young. He stands outside of the door. Not all will hear him, but there will be some. They'll hear the voice of the bride and the voice of the Spirit say, Come. In other words, those who were not ready, those who were considered uninvited, those who were considered unaccepted, those who were considered to be outside of the social or the religious circle are now invited. So the mystery of the gospel is that, um, to, to put it, uh, to go back to the first slide, the mystery of the gospel is that the grace, the glory, the riches of God, which was previously glimpsed, um, okay, so that's the same one, which was previously glimpsed in uh, select places, like in Jerusalem, in the temple. The mystery of God is that, of the gospel is that, 
the glory of God, which was glimpsed in select spaces, have now been poured out all over the world and among all people. This reminded me of the psalm that says, the earth shall be filled with the glory of God as the water covers the seas. And this is um, what Paul is excited about, that the mystery of the gospel is that this has been poured out for all of us. Just a quick note, it's not so much that there's now no more sacred or holiness, that everything is like, you know, absolved and there's no such thing as holiness. I think that's not the point of this. I think the point is that there is still sacred and holy. It's just that the definition of holy and sacred has been, if, my, if I may put it this way, has been changed. Now holiness and sacredness is in Christ. It's not in a place. It's not in a time. It's not being a part of an ethnicity or being part of a culture. It is in Christ. And this is where today's um, main thrust of what I want to say comes in. And we look at Paul. How does Paul see himself in this story? How does Paul position himself in this story? Paul positions himself as a servant of the mystery. He positions himself as the steward of this mystery. Uh, and we see that in, uh, in uh, all over the text that um, Ben and Mary read out for us. As we know, uh, a, steward, uh, a steward is somebody who doesn't own the thing. Uh, he or she simply manages for a time being. The possession is, um, is it's, it's possessed by somebody else, but the steward is somebody who takes care of that, of that possession, of somebody else's possession for the time being. And Paul sees himself as a steward of the mystery of the gospel. And I, the word steward comes from um, the NRSV Bible text that uh, this, this passage is titled Paul's Stewardship of the Gospel. I think that's beautiful. That's perfectly what uh, the text is talking about, that Paul sees himself as a steward of this mystery of the gospel, an agent of the gospel, so to say. He considers himself as a steward to communicate the story, to communicate the message. He doesn't own this. He didn't create this, but he's managing it and he's, uh, he's using his role to communicate and to spread this message. And the mystery of the gospel is that those who are outside of God's household has been invited in to be part of uh, God's household. Those who are undeserving and those who are unfit have been welcomed home. And this, of course, is the gospel of grace and mercy. And if, uh, I invite you to just check out the way he portrays himself, right? In verse 7 and 8, and also in verse 13. Um, he calls himself the least of all God's people. He's, he considers himself as the, 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 the bottom. In other words, he, he understands himself to, uh, his, his own life as an example of the mystery of the gospel. And what I mean by that is, it's not just that, Outside people, Gentiles and those undeserving, can now have access to God's love and God's grace. But it's also that the least of all, like Paul himself, who was, mind you, we need to remember, he, was, he had a shady and violent past, right? He was persecuting Christians and he was involved in, um, in violently uh, um, tracking down Christians, uh, believers of Jesus. Even somebody like him can become not just recipients, but a steward of such a wonderful mystery. So he is putting himself as an example as well. 
that look at me, I'm the least of all, but even I can be a part of stewarding this gospel. So he's also embodying the mystery of the gospel, the gospel of grace, by putting himself as the example. Now, I think there's something interesting for us to, to take away for our own lives as well. And first of all, I want to be clear that Paul, Paul's role as an apostle, capital A apostle, is unique. I'm not saying that we are also capital A apostle in the same way that Paul was. Paul had the unique role of being an apostle to the Gentiles. He had the unique role of preaching and sharing the gospel to believers all over what, we call, what they call Asia Minor in Turkey and in the Roman Empire. But at the same time, like Paul, those of us who believe in Christ are also called to steward the mystery of the gospel in our world today. We are called actively to steward the mystery of the gospel in our world today. And the mystery of the... And this, uh, yeah, so this is, uh, to put it in one sentence, the theme of today's sermon. And it is this. We are called to this tremendous... Uh, we are called to this tremendous privilege and responsibility to be stewards of the mystery of the gospel in our world today. I think that's what I, I want to uh, leave with you today. Uh, like Paul, we are called to this tremendous privilege and responsibility. Um, how might we be steward? How might we be a faithful steward of the mystery of the gospel? First of all, is it still a mystery? Um, after all, today we don't look at people in terms of Jews and Gentiles, right? We don't look at people in terms of all these categories that, uh, in which the term mystery made sense. So is it still a mystery? I was thinking about it, and I think it's fair to say it's still a mystery because the gospel runs counter to our human and our social expectations. Uh, we live in a world where acceptance, um, uh, just justifying your own, uh, uh, your your work, your qualifications, respect and dignity, comes with a certain um, you know grit of expectations. Um, we we live in a world of cultural and ethnic grits that we look at one another and through which we look at one another. We live in a world with unhealthy and competitive work culture, uh, toxic political and economic systems, right? We live in a world of persecution where we, uh, in one way or other, struggle to fit in, to find ourselves justified and validated for who we are. And we live in a world in which entertainment re regimes that we watch and consume train our minds to you know, to look at one another as commodities or products or to think of ourselves as simply customers and consumers. And we are subjected to these all different ways of looking at one another, looking at ourselves through these lenses, uh, rating each other through the status, class and education. I think that's why the mystery of the gospel comes to us uh, today and challenges us to acknowledge that no matter what we see in others, maybe in terms of color, in terms of social class, in terms of level of education, mind you, in terms of even spiritual growth, none of that matter. In Christ, we are all recipients of Christ accept God's acceptance. We are all recipients of God's favor and God's goodwill. Just like us, they are also co-heirs with us in God's riches. Speaking of us, the mystery of the gospel also comes to us and challenges us to acknowledge that no matter what I think of myself, because I think I know myself the best. But in regardless of what I think of myself in terms of my shortcomings or failings or uh, fears, 
in Christ I have God's favor and I have God's good will. This is the mystery of the gospel that I think is still needed and we still need to steward to one another in today's world as well. God's holiness, God's wholeness has been poured out freely on all persons, including the persons who are sitting right here in this room, including myself. I think this has two implications, maybe more, but at least there's two implications. The first implication is this, that we are stewards to one another. We must steward the gospel, the mystery of the gospel to one another. We must, be, we must embody hope, acceptance, strength, and support to one another. But the, uh, the second implication also is that we must recognize and accept that others are also stewards to us. And that means listening to one another. That means receiving service and love from those around us. We listen and receive others' stewardship as well. Perhaps I might think, I have nothing to give to one another. How can I be a steward? Or you might say, I have nothing to receive from others. What do they have to give to me? But the mystery of the gospel, being stewards of the mystery of the gospel, comes to us and tells us that God uses the least of all to steward his grace and his riches to others. Therefore, we have to be attentive to one another, even to the least of us. We are not the only ones undeserving in this dynamic that God uses. Even others who, who might, we might think as undeserving among us, we, God will use these people to reach, to get true to us. So, can God communicate and work His grace to us, although we are undeserving? Paul says, absolutely yes. And He will do that through the people around us, who are also undeserving. So, be wary of looking for God's riches to come to us only through perfect vessels, because that's not happening. So let me just bring this to a conclusion. Um, because it is such a mystery, it is such, so counter to the, the way we live in this world, we need to faithfully steward this good news to one another. We need to be speaking, we need to be telling, we need to be praying, we need to be supporting the good news uh, and embodying the good news to others and to ourselves as well. To go back to what I said earlier, you can have uh, the mystery of the gospel tells us that you can have God's grace, God's presence, God's healing, and God's peace right here in this place where you are now. You don't have to go to a place. You don't have to, to get yourself sorted out on all of that. The riches, the glory, and the grace of God that was only previously glimpsed at a place has been poured out for us freely. So we can be also the source of comfort and peace and love and friendship in the world around us. So I just want to, as I close, I just want to invite you to maybe think um, and reflect where you are right now, where I am right now. Perhaps there might be people within our world that who need us to be good and faithful stewards of the grace of the gospel. Or perhaps it's, it's us, it's me, who need to be reminded, not just in words, but through the examples of others. Um, I invite you to reflect on that and to pray with me uh, as I lead in prayer that the mystery of the gospel will be made so clear to us, um, so clear to others near us through our lives as well.
Let me pray and invite you, just before I pray, I'll just give maybe a minute just to pause and reflect and think about uh, where you find yourself today. Oh Lord, our God, we ask that you'll open our eyes, that we may see the glorious mystery of your gospel that proclaims to us that we have a place at your table and that you'll meet with us right where we are, that your blessings, your peace and healing can be ours in Christ. God, we ask that you'll open our, our ears and our hearts to hear those around us and to receive them as they encourage us, strengthen us, guide us and minister to us. Also, God, open our hands to serve those around us and to embody the mystery of your grace and mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.